0: Jordan Love had his meet the press moment as QB1. And yes, we are going to overreact to it. I want you to overreact to it. Let's talk about it. Let's have some fun. It's the only thing we have. Let's do it. Plus, the Packers don't have that high a mountain to climb in the NFC North. And with the schedule release set for today, a little nugget about travel plans for Green Bay why they might be in much better shape this year than they were last year all of that on today's show caught by Watson you are locked on Packers he's got great speed your daily Green Bay Packers podcast Christian Watson down the sideline locked on podcast now and he will score team every day We're Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for the Leap So, for the Green Bay Packers, it has been a long time since anyone other than Aaron Rodgers has taken the podium to start the season as QB1. Now, we got to hear from Jordan Love during some mini camps and, you know, after games that he played, but we haven't had that many opportunities to hear from him. And in a situation like post-game after the Chiefs, he's not really in a great position because he's keeping his seat warm. He knows he has to be careful with his words with Aaron Rodgers, knows him well enough to know that. And in mini camps, when we actually got to hear from him, again, he's just holding his seat for Aaron Rodgers. He knows that, which means he cannot be fully himself and this was the thing remember Tom Silverstein's reporting that what the Packers wanted to see from Jordan Love was a player who took command of the situation even when Aaron Rodgers was there well Aaron Rodgers is not there and I loved what Aaron Jones said in his uh, press conference when he said A-Rod doesn't want to be here and so A-Rod's not going to be here and it was it was not just OTAs Obviously, he's talking about something much bigger because Aaron Rodgers literally on another team. There was a noticeable difference with Jordan Love, and you can ignore me on that if you want, sure. I was not alone in noticing I was, I was, you know, I'm following along. I'm doing, taking my notes. I'm doing the things that I'm supposed to be doing as I'm covering the, the presser. But I had my eye on Twitter. I was seeing the, the reactions from other media people. I texted our pal out And I said, hey, did that seem different to you for Jordan Love? And she was like, totally. More comfortable, more relaxed, more himself. Jen Latta. Had the same experience. Leroy Butler had the same experience. It just felt different. And it is important, not that he handles a press conference well, right? But it is important that he stays true to himself. And I loved what he said. This was something that um, every day as will remember. Um, we had his quarterback coach, Steve Calhoun. We talked to him for the leap. He was on the show and he talked about just be you. Don't worry about what Aaron does. Don't worry about how he throws. You have to be you. You have to do what you do and play your game. And here we are. And that was something that they were working on. How can Jordan Love be the best version of Jordan Love, not be the the closest version that he can be to Aaron Rodgers? That's not the goal. And Love echoed that point on the podium saying, I have to be me. I can't try and be Aaron Rodgers. He has to be comfortable being himself. That was something Aaron Jones said he noticed about Jordan is that he is very comfortable in himself. He is very confident in himself and confident enough to admit That when Rodgers signed that contract last year, he was upset, frustrated. That that was the most difficult time he had spent as the backup to Aaron Rodgers. Because he's going, what do I do now? He he thought in that moment, or at least strongly believed, presumably, he was not going to get a chance in Green Bay to be the quarterback. Aaron Rodgers signed a three-year contract. 150 million dollars none of us predicted it was going to be over in a year even if it's two years the Packers probably don't pick up Jordan Love's fifth year option he plays through this upcoming season and then probably hits the market with no track record to speak of probably has to take some sort of Geno Smith a couple years ago backup offer and go try and be a priority backup somewhere try and win a starting job try and pull a Ryan Tannehill something like that We have to remember when we think about the, the criticisms that he's taken for the contract that he signed. We have to think about what he's been through to get to this point And to have the confidence and the willingness to say. That was tough for me. To be vulnerable in that moment takes confidence. It takes a self-assuredness. And it takes, I think, a personable quality that to a man, when you talk to people, and I talked to high school coach, I talked to personal QB coach, I've talked to players that have been around Jordan Love, Packers players. He is a really likable guy. This was the first time we really got to see his personality. And I was so much more impressed. And like, I'm a love guy, right? So, like, before, I was just going, I don't really see much personality-wise. You know, like, I really liked the Mark Sanchez feature that, that they did on Showtime. It was about a half an hour. We didn't see a lot of Jordan Love's personality. Like, Sanchez is really driving the boat on that. And Sanchez, famously, a really charismatic presence. He was a leader in that locker room. He He was a guy that people gravitated toward doesn't mean you're going to be a good quarterback but that stuff matters and i think he overshadowed jordan love a little bit now jordan love 21 he's you know talking to a you know a former nfl player he's got all of this lead up to the draft all that stuff they're doing tape study with a guy who's been through it like there's it's a weird situation but you know what jordan said today he said there is no additional pressure Because I'm following Aaron Rodgers. Every quarterback feels pressure. There are 32 jobs. All of us face that. That's what I signed up for. And he ended the interview, the press conference, by saying, every day I tell myself I'm good enough. Every day I tell myself I'm good enough. That is... Not a a better help ad, but it could be. And (laughs) and I think it is interesting. Leroy Butler said, um, you know, he he tweeted about how nice it was to have a normal press conference and a quarterback who was about the team and showed leadership in that way. And yeah, it was a subtle shot. Maybe even a not so subtle shot. Subtle shot. Tongue twister. At Aaron Rodgers. A guy who, you know, made the press conferences about him. Ironically, every question to start the press conference was about Aaron Rodgers. What did you learn from Aaron Rodgers? Have you talked to Aaron Rodgers? What did you you think when you found out he was being traded? Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. This is something that will follow Jordan Love his entire career. How he handles it is a little thing how he plays, how he produces. That's the key. But I I liked seeing a guy who looked more comfortable. This is this is just like another checkpoint he's hitting. We saw a little bit of progress in 2021, a little bit of progress in 2022. Taking more first team reps. And now this is the, this is the moment. This is the next bar to clear. Okay, now you're you're the quarterback. How do you handle yourself? How do your teammates look at you? there's that great Joe Montana story in the Super Bowl that you know there's 2 minutes left or maybe it's the NFC championship game and he, he everyone's stressed out and he points in the crowd and says hey there's John Candy and just relax everybody that's the kind of presence you want at quarterback doesn't mean you can't be a raw rock guy and an in your face guy and a and a feisty leader doesn't mean you can't be that but when everyone else has some puckering going on in places, they need to look at you and know that you believe this is going to get done. And so seeing him, this is our first chance to see him. Again, I said at the top, we're going to overreact to this. That's fine. It's all we have so far. In our first view of Jordan Love as quarterback one, he passed the test with flying colors. Looked like he had been buoyed and, and just enlivened. By this opportunity. And that's what you want to hear. That he's embracing the challenge. But the real challenge. The real challenge comes on the field. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. When I want something to eat. I'm always thinking. Okay. What's what's next on the meal schedule? Is it going to be something that I'm indulging in? And I'm always trying to find ways. To cheat the process a little bit, I wanna try, I wanna have something delicious. I always wanna eat something delicious. I'm never like, hey, you know what I'd like? Raw cauliflower. No, I like cooked cauliflower. Roasted cauliflower is delicious. Raw cauliflower is foul, but you know, I could use the roughage sometimes, right? But built allows me to not have to make those decisions. I can have something delicious because built is the best tasting protein bar ever. And I can have something that fuels my body with 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, and just 4 grams of sugar with flavors that run the gamut. You you like um, fruit with your 100% real chocolate? You can grab a, a raspberry puff or built. Um, I don't think they have a raspberry puff. Not yet. I bet that's coming. I love the puff flavor, so the puffs are always on my mind. I've got peanut butter puff in the pantry right now, cookies and cream puff, which I'm running out of, uh, chocolate mint puff. They've got a a churro puff, but then they've got their regular flavors, salted caramel, peanut butter, brownie. I mean, these are ridiculous flavors and they taste the part while also delivering on what you're looking for health-wise. And now you go to Built.com and get everything you need there for sure. Or you can just go to Walmart or Sam's Club, pick up a box, walk out, eat them in the car, eat them when you get home, and you don't have to wait. It's as simple as that. thanks to everyone who makes Locked On Packers your first listen every day. Every day or tomorrow on the show, we're going to do the Alan Lazard look back. And then next week, we have Tucker Crafts, offensive coordinator from South Dakota State, um, played with Dallas Goddard and briefly coached Dallas Goddard as a graduate assistant. So has a really um, keen insight into what an NFL player looks like at the college level. Some really good stuff. I actually uh, just recorded that. So there's some really good stuff in there. I cannot wait for you to hear it. That is all coming up next week. So there is this idea and it's borne out in the odds. At, at FanDuel, the Packers have shorter odds to win the, the North. They're plus thirty second, second favorites to win. And what's interesting about that is you go some other places and don't do that. But if you do, you will see... The Packers have much longer odds, 4 to 1, 5 to 1 to win the North. And what's weird is it's not reflected in the Super Bowl win probabilities. The impl- implied probability of winning the Super Bowl does not match. They have shorter odds than teams like the Bears and the Vikings who are in front of them in the to win the division odds. That doesn't really make sense. It would make sense for a team like the Jets to have longer odds to win their division than, say, a team like the Jaguars. But have shorter odds to win the Super Bowl. Because it's less likely the Jets win their division. But if they get in the dance, probably more likely to win the Super Bowl than the Jaguars, potentially. But it doesn't make sense that teams in the Packers division would be more likely to win the division, but less likely to win the Super Bowl. That's not the broader point, but it is interesting that FanDuel's odds better reflect the Super Bowl win implied probabilities. So I went back and did some some digging. Teams that have the number 1 pick improve against the spread the following year. These teams often have a lot of salary cap space, they often have a lot of work to do and they often get some really good players in the building the the bears did not get the number 1 overall pick but they did bring in dj Moore. they they still got um a, a right tackle and so Darnell right so this is a better team right but on average teams that had the number 1 pick improved less than 20% against the spread the following season which works out to like a game the Bears were the second worst team in the league last year against the spread and the worst team in the league record-wise. It doesn't make sense that they would get to seven or eight wins. That would be a huge jump. And that is all predicated, I think, on the idea that a lot of people really like Justin Fields. I will see. And we talked about the fraudulent Vikings last year, for those of you that are new, welcome. Everydayers are going to remember. This was a bit for weeks about the fraudulent Vikings. I called them frauds because they were frauds. I went back and looked at, at the DVOA numbers. I had forgotten, which is which is sad because it is so hilarious. The Vikings were 28th in weighted DVOA last year. So we're indexing the second half of the season more than the first. Who were they by year's end? 28th. They were one of the five worst teams in the league by the end of last year. One of the five worst teams. And they got worse. Then had no draft capital to get better and didn't really do much in the draft. Replaced Adam Thielen with Jordan Addison. Congrats on 170-pound wide receiver two. I, I don't really see the upside there. They are not going to win 13 games again. I looked at Pythagorean win expectation. Again, every day, as we're going to remember this. We talked about this last year with the Vikings in particular. This is what your record should have been based on point differential and and things like that. In the north the Lions 9.1. Packers 8.5 wins. Vikings 8.4 wins, fewer than the Packers. And the Bears 5 wins. So the Bears got a little unlucky. So they could they could 5-6 games. Cool, yeah, maybe, maybe 7. By the way, If they win six or seven games, there is absolutely no way Justin Fields is going to get MVP votes. Well, he got an MVP vote last year, but I'm talking about like be a real candidate, be in the conversation. There's just no way. And I just don't think they will anyway. If he's in the MVP conversation, it will be warranted because they'll be winning a bunch of games. I don't think that's going to happen. The reason I bring this up is those are three teams tightly bunched together. All within essentially a half win of one another. If we option out all of the weirdness, the luck, the close game stuff, stuff that tends to regress over time, it is, again, worth me bringing up eight and a half wins feels exactly where the Packers ought to be because they were eight and eight with a chance to go nine and eight at home last game of the season, go get a win. They couldn't do it. They had the ball late with a go chance to, with a chance to win it. they had a lead in that game, a double-digit lead, in fact, that they blew. And so eight and a half feels exactly right for them. Nine feels right for the Lions. I know people think that they're going to be like a 10, 11, 12 12-win team this year. I don't see that. Remember, they I think they were what one, one one and eight last year. They don't. They don't strike me as significantly better. They're going to miss Jamison Williams for half the year. He might get hurt again. Jared Goff might turn back into a pumpkin. The Vikings are worse. And I think the Packers are more talented. The Packers are more talented. They're more talented than the Vikings and Bears, to me. They don't have the high, like Justin Jefferson. I don't think the Packers have anyone as good as Justin Jefferson right now. I think Jerry Alexander's close. David Bakhtiari, kind of close. Like it was Aaron Rodgers. He was the difference maker in years past. He's not there anymore. This is when we get into the question of how good Jordan Love can be. And I get into this idea of the bar is not actually that high. Well, the bar isn't that high and... Even though the Packers finished third in the division last year, it was really close. It was a week 18 game against the Lions between second and third. A couple bounces of the ball, and you got below average quarterback play over the course of the season. I know people get mad when I say that and they want to make up, you know, make the excuses. Make the excuses. That's fine. The productivity was below average. And so I just, I I, like, I think this is, it is going to be easier to get where they want to get than people realize. All right, thanks to everyone who makes Locked on Packers their first listen every day. Um, Remember, we have that um, Tucker Craft rookie orientation coming up next year or next week. And then um, we have that Alan Lazard interview coming tomorrow. I want to end on this. Schedule comes out today, um, and I I'm not going to do a whole thing on it for Friday. I don't, just don't think it's necessary. We'll talk. We can talk about it next week. Um, I underplayed how much rest would matter. I hand waved rest advantage last year. It seemed, it was just sort of like. But Warren Sharp insisted the data suggested, especially late in the season, that the rest advantage mattered. Last five, six weeks of the year, especially teams with rest advantages had advantages against the spread in ways that were meaningful, statistically significant ways. Now, we haven't seen the schedule yet. But when we do, and we will talk about this, but look first at that because the NFL has decided they're going to move all kinds of weird stuff. Black Friday games and Christmas games. They're going to start doing crazy things. Two Thursday night games. Peter King dropped the little factoid nugget that the Packers are and the Steelers are probably the perfect teams to get multiple Thursday night games because they're not great teams, but they're public teams. And so everyone's going to watch if it's the Packers. Everyone's going to watch if it's the Steelers. And you're not really messing with the product of a team that's going to compete for a Super Bowl. That means quick turnarounds. Now, both teams on a Thursday have to play quick turnarounds. But remember the Packers last year, they had stuff like, okay, well, they're playing on a Thursday against a team coming off a bye. Or they're playing at home, yeah, but they're playing at home off a London game. And then they then they go back on the road. Or they're playing a road game and then in London. And so... so That stuff, it really did seem to add up and it wasn't until after the bye that they started looking like the team we thought they'd be all along. I don't think that's a coincidence that the first four games or whatever it was, they looked like some version of the team we thought they'd be. And they won some games. They go to London, they collapse in a game they absolutely should have won. They come back. And they're really not the same until their bye week. And I think it was, there were some body blows there. Well, if you just look at miles traveled, Adam Schefter had this. The Packers will travel the second fewest miles in the league this year. Now, part of that is because. It's easy to get to Chicago, it's easy to get to Detroit, it's easy to get to Minneapolis. The NFC North is the most contained division. You know, like LA, LA to Seattle. That's a long way. That's a long way. That's 3 states. You got to go all of California, Oregon, Washington. And Seattle is up top. That's a long those are long flights. The AFC East, like Miami, they gotta go to Buffalo, they gotta go to New England. Like it's all it's all weird. But then you look at these other games, they set up nicely for Green Bay too. So when we when we're looking at rest disadvantages, which I'm telling you, they were real last year. Keep keep in mind the travel part of this too. If the Packers Don't end up with any sort of rest disadvantages or, and in fact, wind up with rest advantages. The fact that late in the year, not only could they have these advantages, but in the games where they do travel, we're not talking about six, eight hour flights. We're not talking about serious jet lag. We're talking about simple workable commutes that may pay off this year in a way that it was a detriment last year. Now it could be the opposite. So these are something just to keep an eye on. I'm just flagging them for you before we get there uh, later today. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to come hang out with us live on YouTube, I'm thinking we'll go live after some preseason games. Sure, why not? Maybe we'll go live after family night. Sure, why not? Let's have some fun. And also subscribe to the leap, the leap, that football. We've been getting awesome, awesome responses in this off season from you guys about it. Um, you guys are, are really into the content and I appreciate all the feedback that we're getting. If you have feedback, send it my way. I'm, I'm here. I'm here. Maybe we're starting to weed out the jets fans. I don't think so. They're still very much in my mentions. So what's up. What's up, New Jersey. Uh, and you can, you can subscribe on YouTube. Please go do that. So you can stay locked on power.